Hey guys, welcome to Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. This is the final episode of the 12 Songs for 12 Friends Breakdown. Alright everybody, you know, it's been a long time coming. Here we are, seven weeks into it. Can you believe that? Seven weeks into it, and I'm I'm definitely going to wrap everything up into this episode because I can't... I, I don't, Sorry, excuse me. I don't think I have enough to even go into like another episode, much less do I want to even drag it out, you know? Um, it's like when you see... Uh, people turn something into a mini series that should have just been like a movie. I heard that a lot for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series on Disney Plus that people were like, this should have just been a two hour movie, but it's six episodes long. And uh, you see that a lot these days that people prefer, they're like companies prefer making mini series over um, just making a film or making like a two parter thing. Uh, it's just, it's what people are doing. People are binging. People want to be on the platforms and they want to stream things. And it just makes sense that, um, you know, people are, you know, there's a demand for it. So the market's trying to catch up, but yeah, anyway, I, what I didn't want to do was, um, basically make a mini series out of a movie here, but somehow we ended up at seven weeks of this. Um, but there is big news to kick off this episode with. As of today, um, a few days before you're hearing it, I have officially signed the contract with Dumon Dumon Records, uh, based in Sweden, with Mr. Magnus, um, Magnus Bollmann. Uh, yeah, we he sent me another draft of the contract. I looked things over with some peers and some some people who are very much better with contracts than than I am and uh, yeah I officially signed it today so soon I'm gonna be sending him um, the master files for the tracks uh, all the artwork the metadata basically everything that he would need to upload the songs through his distribution platform idle and uh, let's take a quick look and see if it was it idle idle distribution and let's see what artists yeah 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 yeah. let's see what artists are on idle maybe i'll get all excited again um let's see here idle artists and labels okay here we go so uh ooh, no where are you going where are you hello it's a weird website um air which is a great band i love that um, let's see. Alexander, I, I always said Alexander Desplat, but I know it's not Desplat. It must be like Alexander Desplat or something like that. Um, I'm just going to say names that I know, but you might know more than me here. Um, it's a lot. Ooh, Toro y Moi. That's cool. Going to have the same distribution as Toro y Moi. Big fan. Um, Mika Ephemerals. La okay, that's a lot of labels there. Where are a list? We play with Air, Alexander again, Blanco White, Caravan, DJ Zinc, Fat Knife, Fortet, French Rebellion, Ginger Root, Jonathan's Jonathan something is there. Oh, Joan Baez. Oh yeah, I think I said that before. Um, a lot of French people on here seems like a lot of foreigners. Uh, okay, so really, it's just like three or four acts that I know. But I mean, between Air and Joan Baez and Tora Moi is a large range of good music. So uh, I'm in good company, and they work with so many different. Wow, so many record labels distribute through them, like Ubisoft. Wow. Who else do it? No Format, Pop Can, Grand Musique, Freshly Squeezed, Deep Matter. Anyway, oh, Dumont Dumont. Let's look at Dumont Dumont. Next stop, Sweden, with two new labels, Dumont Dumont and Van Drumpt. 
Uh, oh yeah, this is him. This is a picture of Magnus right here on the we on the Idol website. Idol is happy to start a promising collaboration with Dumont Dumont and Van Drumpt, two Swedish labels managed by Magnus Bowman. Upcoming releases are going to be from his band, ironically enough called, or coincidentally enough called Vivi, but with three eyes, and some guy named Magnus John Anderson. Hmm. This guy looks a bit like my dad. Uh, maybe when my dad was like 42. Um, funny. Okay. That, yeah, that was from earlier this year. Anyway, so that's pretty good timing. Looks like he just, just hopped on this new distribution with his record label. And now I've signed a contract to be distributed through them as well. So like in, in layman's terms, what this means is that the, um, songs that I, this, this album and, and how I have it up on the platform won't change for anybody. You'll still be able to look up my name and see the streaming numbers and hear the songs whenever you want. But the, the, imagine like the tunnel that the songs go through from me to you, that tunnel will change. Uh, right now the tunnel that gets these songs to these streaming platforms is a, a, a like a self-paying distribution website. It's a, a website that's very popular. A lot of independent artists like myself use it. It's called CD Baby. There's a lot of competitors also like TuneCore. And you pay money, a flat rate, to get these songs put onto these platforms by this company. It's just a middleman industry. You can also self-distribute if you, if you know how to do it, but it, most people just you know, pay the 50 bucks to get their album, uh, on these websites. And, and it's very easy. So, um, what's happening is that now that it's, I've signed this uh, agreement with him that he'll have the rights to this album for 10 years and we will put both of us, mostly him, I'm hoping <laughs> we'll put like a big, amount of effort into sort of relaunching the campaign of this. Now, what I'm realizing as I'm saying this is that we talked about today that we aren't going to really do any formal announcements uh, until we have everything up and running through his distribution site. So, you know what? This is just sort of a uh, artsy fartsy exclusive. Artsy fartsy exclusive information. Information, information. So it looks like it's just for you, for the artsy fartsy fam out there. Um, yeah, this will just be news for you guys. So you'll see when I start posting about it, when I get the information out there, um, I'm, I'm hoping it'll be in just a, a month or so, you know, I, I hope it's not going to take too long, but uh, probably I can imagine after Christmas, but maybe it'll be a Christmas miracle and we get things out just around the time of the holidays. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to let get that out of the way. I've signed the agreement. I'm going to be putting these songs through his channels. We're going to start a relaunch campaign, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. And yeah, I'll keep you posted on everything, um, as it progresses. But as of now, this is just the first step. So let's, you know, keep our, keep our heads down to the ground, keep doing what we're doing and keep focusing and, uh, not get our hopes up too much, but it's nice to be excited about it. Um, what I can really be excited about, and I'll get to this, to the songs in just a second, but I wanted to also update, um, the other day I just felt this, this like urge to finally write some songs again. I kind of looked at myself internally and was like, what are you doing? Like, how come you never, sp to myself, like, how come you never spend any free time anymore? The time that you do have, like cr challenging, challenging yourself as a creative person. And you know, it's... Of course, being able to do the podcast and being able to talk um, this way is, I'm not saying that like having the podcast doesn't take some amount of, of effort or talent, but definitely far less than writing and performing songs. And the same goes for the radio show that I have. It's, it's more effort than the podcast because I have themes and I have segments and I have to do a lot of things live and it, you're controlling different machinery and sort of self-editing as you go. And um, sure, that takes talent, but it's not the same as writing and singing and performing songs. And I just thought about, we've been going through this album of mine seven weeks now, something, uh, an album that I consider like a personal magnum opus, like something I think is like the best thing I've ever done. And then I thought, oh, I, I'm always forgetting about Simple Swimmer. I'm always forgetting that I even did this record because it just flew so much under the radar. Um, 
and now we have a chance for this other album to maybe do something. And then I thought, well, Jordan, the, the, what, what got you to all these positions was actually writing the songs, not, you know, worrying of so much at the beginning stages of, about promotion or about how you would get it out to the crowd or like, what kind of TikTok video would you make to be able to get people to listen? Like the, what comes first and, and this is a big problem I have with um, most companies trying to dip their toes into entertainment or into advertising, uh, especially in Germany, is that the content comes first. Meaning that if I'm promoting myself as a singer-songwriter, I need to have good music. The music has to be written. It needs to be done. I need to have put in the effort. I need to have recorded it. I need to have made something out of it and be proud of it. And then you can make videos and clips and whatever you want on that song because if it's good, it will be, it'll catch on anyway. And you can be creative with all that stuff later. And my brain always tends to go like, well, how would I be able to, well, what if, what if I do like a behind the scenes, like, what if I go live on Instagram while I'm, and it's all about trying to build this social media presence when really what I've forgotten over the years, the past two years, especially is like being a singer songwriter, putting this passion back into writing songs. And I have a bunch of drafted demos that I, I should work on and tweak and make into stuff, but what I'm trying to say is I didn't really have any motivation or any real love for my own songs for a long time. And then a couple of days ago, I had this epiphany where I really challenged myself and was like, do what you're supposed to be doing. Why are you not doing it? And made sort of a commitment to myself the best that I can to say that for a portion of each day, I will completely put away any screens and I will just play guitar and try and write songs again. And a couple of days ago, I did this exercise and I, I'm i pretty sure I'm done with one whole new song, which is really great. I haven't had a new song in two years or something. Now I have a new song and I have about 90% of a second song done. And it's so nice to be able to go outside and, and like put in my AirPods and listen to these drafts of my own new songs and getting the lyrics sort of, you know, etched into my memory. And I practiced them again today. And, I, you know, I only forgot like one or two lines. And it was so nice to feel like, oh, this is the way it used to be, where I was really into the melodies and I was picturing like where the sections of the songs could go and uh, hearing arrangements when we get to the recording process and like that magic and that fun part of like writing songs. And that's, you know, whether or not I've, I've had like any success at doing that, it's something that I do feel that I am good at and I should be strengthening that muscle because it is a muscle and if you don't work out, you'll get all flabby and you'll get soft and bada bing, bada boom. Just like my belly, the songs get flaccid, okay? So yeah, I need to go back to Fitstar too. I need to get my membership uh, <laughs> reinstated over there, but that's a different conversation. Um, yeah, so got a couple of new songs under my belt. Very excited about that. Signed an agreement today with the record label. So let's see where this goes. I'm excited about it and uh, feeling good. So what better way to kick off the finale of the album breakdown than with some positive news about music moving forward. Am I right? So let's take a look at song number 14, Lakeshore Drive Interlude. Now this song kicks off with, if you remember, um, let's see, one to three episodes ago, <laughs> I talked about at the end of the episode, I talked about number 11, Great Big Light, and about how this friend, Ian Painter, was so, um, he disappeared, basically. He, he omitted himself from my life and a lot of people's lives. Um, it's, and it's really a shame. And he, he's the voice that kicks off this track. And I always loved this. I loved how he introduces the setting of where he is. And like, it's, you can also get a really good feeling about where he is mentally and like what kind of person that he is. You know, he, in this one intro of like saying, Hey, I'm under a tree in city park. He goes all the way to outer space and talks about like what the aliens might refer to the earth as. And it's like, well, no wonder he gets a song about conspiracy theories, you know. But I love how this starts off and it goes into the song. Um, this was exactly how I edited it, edited it at home. 
I'm pretty sure this was like exactly the same. Um, I had it, him starting off this long stretch by himself and then it goes into the song. And again, I'll get to the production, but the song was also something we improvised in the studio, which is really fun. But let's listen to that, those first licks from, uh, those first, first words from Ian here. Coming at you from the Chime Tree, City Park, New Orleans, Louisiana, the United States of America, planet Earth. And y- the funny thing is you can hear the smile. He's smiling because he knows that doing this planet Earth in the solar system in the Milky Way galaxy, he knows that he's being like funny, being so nerdy, but he's also deep down a nerd and it's sweet. Coming at you from the Chime Tree, City Park, New Orleans, Louisiana, the United States of America, planet Earth, solar system of the sun most likely referred to as soul by alien species in the Milky Way galaxy. Current time is... 1638 on this beautiful Thursday, April 6th, Earth cycle 2017. Dude, listen, how about that, huh? What a nice intro. I'm so proud of that. And it's it's all Ian, man. It's really a shame that he's not in my life anymore because I really do miss him. And he was so, it was something, there was something so special about that friendship because he was really different from the other people in the way that he was kind of this weird nerd, but he had such a way of seeing... I don't know, he was very depressed and he could be very, very negative about a lot of things, but he just had this, sometimes he was just really funny and really genuine, and I like nerds, I I migrate towards them, and he is just like a super nerd, and I love that. Um, So yeah, I I miss him, and I hate that that's, um, you know, not a happier way to kick this thing off, because I would love if I could say, you know, oh, you know, Ian wrote me about the series and he was saying this and that, but you know, it is what it is. But anyway, so Ian kicks it off and we go into the song. The first guitars we hear, I believe that's Avi. In the Milky Way Galaxy, 1638 on this beautiful Thursday, April 6th, Earth Cycle 2017. It all started on a sunny afternoon. That's not how it started. Hi. Oh man, I love this so much. Um, yeah, so this Lakeshore Drive is the is the street of which I don't. It was something. It's something silly like seven thousand or one thousand Lakeshore Drive. I can't remember right now. Um, and that is the the street on which my university in New Orleans was. And that's why the titles of these interludes are so important to me because they're like these home bases of where I had like defining changes in my life as a human being first one being cruise street top shelf records that was the big uh, last week's episode and lakeshore drive being the university of new orleans where i you know became man i just so i changed so much there and i found so many things in life that i like about life there it was such a i remember like my first like glimpses into different people's lives there and just like I don't know. It's such a such an amazing experience, uh, and probably a lot of people feel that way about going to college in general. Like it is such a magical time. It's you're an adult, but you're still so young, and there's no obligations. I mean, you you should. I don't know. You you're choosing your own level of responsibility, your own level of uh, maturity, and what you want to do, and how you choose to spend that time. And every opportunity is just there for you socially. Um, and you kind of f- fulfill these roles and you end up getting split and divided into different groups of different kinds of people. And I, I mean, I really enjoyed, I, I was kind of friends with so many different styles of people. And, uh, sometimes it was weird when I would like invite all of them to the same party because it was such a culture clash. You'd have such different styles but I loved it all. I really could get along with just about everybody if they were interesting. Um, anyway, so Lakeshore Drive was the you know University of New Orleans, and um, that's why the voices in this one are. I believe it's. I think I'm pretty sure it's only people that I met from Louisiana on. Uh, so we start off with Ian, of course. And then the next voice I think you hear is Bruno. Yeah, uh, it all started uh, on a sunny afternoon. What does he say? On a sunny afternoon. 
Yeah, it all started on a sunny afternoon. It's not how it started. Uh, that's Bruno, of course, uh, from Count On Me. Then we go into Efi. That's not how it started. I guess we first really met in film school. She was so nervous uh, and self-deprecating to do this. She really hates the sound of her own voice. And and <laughs> it's funny. She has she does have this like you know particular voice. It's very cute. Um, but yeah, she really hated to do this and, um, in the end, I think it came out great. I really like the stories that she decided to tell and how she phrases it and it comes off very endearing. Oh, James Greer. Yeah. James Greer, of course, from the song James, he was like the, the, he was just this driving rock for me for so many years. Um, I talked about all this. It's it, it's it's hard to listen to this track and not literally just go right back into each like such strong memories with all these people. Um, but James was just this rock for me, and I talked about his song already. But um, he's yeah he, he's changed a lot. You know he's he's an interesting guy, and I you know I love him to death, and I hope that he's doing well, and I hope that he's happy. Um, but he's definitely changed a lot. You know, he's um, he's living in like Bahrain now uh, on a military base, working on like forecast, like weather forecast technology. Um, but then, you know, I was in New Orleans last year and he said he was visiting and, and Slidell, his parents. And I was like, dude, come to New Orleans. Let's go get lunch one day. And, you know, you hear this like, okay, military forecast technology and then he shows up at the door with a, a walking cane that has a silver shiny chrome skull on it um uh what's it called steampunk steampunk sunglasses like the wraparounds and like a tall abraham lincoln style magician's hat and it's <laughs> just like seeing that at your door uh first thing like you know like you know whatever 9 30 in the morning and you just really don't expect it i expected like a guy with like a camouflage backpack and like a t-shirt and jeans and maybe like you know smoking cigarettes or something just a totally different <laughs> vibe than i thought but that's also kind of jim he's always been a little different um and yeah god love him you know uh, so James is in there. Vivi is in there. She talks about how we uh, really connected over music. Um, you've got uh, Biggie in there who, uh, in his song, I told about how we discovered that he was like my next door neighbor, basically, in, in Lakeshore when I lived at Bruno's house. And I would always come like knock on his door and make him come outside, even though he was such a recluse. And, um, you know, it was always a funny time. I, I love this song. Um, I would actually really like to listen to this again without the voices. Actually, both instrumentals. I think I have them somewhere without the voices. Um, but I'd have to go pretty far back because almost instantly, once I had them um, in place, I was already editing the voices in, like pretty much from day one. And there's not that much editing done on these instrumental tracks. There's really not that much extra post-production work put into them except for the voices. And that wasn't so difficult to do. Um, both of them were just, you know, I had a I had a very soft idea, a very like one or two chords sort of like play on uh, rhythm idea, and I just kind of plucked around. And then, you know, these talented musicians just found this flavor. They found this language, like they found a story to tell uh, within this world and it's so beautiful and the the piano is so and the, the piano in this is so vivi's incredible like it's so vibrant and like you know boisterous and like intentional and so like clouds parting you know like blah, 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 blah. it's so like a youthful person like exploring life and love and challenge and lust and tears and 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 every tears and fear and beer man it's like it's all there it's so magical and like the the nick on the drums and and jake's bass is so so uh, it's moving around the room and it's really 
Really, 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 really cool. So proud of these instrumentals. Um, yeah, I think that's really all I can say about them. Like, you, you know, the album is there. You can go listen to it. You can, you know, the, what the people say, I don't have the text for what the people say on, uh, my website. Maybe I should put that on there, but you can, I think they're not so hard to understand, I think, but yeah, Lakeshore Drive and Crew Street. I was so proud to have those songs in there. Um, you know, funny enough, George's, George's, um, audio clip should have been in Lakeshore Drive. It would have been seven people on that track and five people in Crew Street, I'm pretty sure. And I don't remember, you know, like the chicken or the egg. I don't remember what came first. If George's clip was so perfect like what he chose to say that it felt very much like it needed to go right at the beginning of the album or if I just couldn't find a place to put it in Lakeshore Drive. I'm pretty sure it was the 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 former because with Lakeshore Drive, Ian has to start it off with this like coming at you from the windshine tree, New Orleans, Louisiana, United States of America. It, it, it's so perfect how he does it. Um, and it goes into these meaningful, sweet things like with Matt Martinez in there talking about how he fell in love with me on Esplanade Avenue at four in the morning. We're blasting Ray Charles and driving too fast. It was amazing. It's like these memories you, you'll live with forever. Um, I would love to be in a room. Oh my God, man. I would love to be in a room with like a projector, like a slideshow projector and go through and listen either perform or listen to these songs with the people in the room and like show photos of our memories together to everybody and just serve like pizza and snacks and I don't know Pepsi or whatever I don't know I just watched this <laughs> docu-series on Netflix about Pepsi so um just something you know or whatever in beer just like enjoy the memories and live through it again and listen to the songs it's just so special to me um, but here we are, ladies and gentlemen, arriving at the final song of the breakdown. Track 15 of 12 songs for 12 friends. Ironic, isn't it? 15 tracks on a 12 song title. But uh, here we are. My Brother Sunset. Um, that title, that, so the title, the part of it, My Brother comes from the lyrics the lyrics came to me after I had the guitar riff and the guitar riff came uh, after like plucking around in this weird tuning and um, I knew that because the topic of track 15 is James Kelly and I knew that track 5 was James or track let me see track 4 I knew that um, I couldn't um, I didn't want to say James. That's the only reason that I don't say James in this song. And I don't know if James Kelly ever ever knew that or if I told him. I know that I sent him the song when it was finished before the album came out. Um, and he made a comment about the lyrics, like some joke about like, yeah, you can call me Jimmy. Because in the song, I say something like, I guess I can call you Jimmy now. Um, but that's really like, the, the I knew that I couldn't call him James because you have another song about and called where the main hook and everything is all about James. Um, it almost like sort of like, um, what do you call it when you like iconify or like, it's like, um, crystallizing or like, you know, whatever personifying the beauty of the name James, like the other song is really putting the name on a pedestal. So you can't just blend it into another song. And, I knew that I had something different here with this last song. I knew that the ending, this change that happens in the song, almost halfway through, it's like maybe 60% of the way in, until the end of the song, it, it's this change that um, lent itself to feel like a fade out of the album. It was this farewell, this, this walking into the, literally walking into the sunset sort of thing. So that's why it's my brother, because that comes from the, the hook, you know, my brother, brother, Jimmy, uh, cause I can't say James. So my brother would have been the name of the track. And then 
sunset because it, it really feels like a farewell, like a so long uh, feeling to the album. Um, yeah, so I, I, man, I'm so, you can't imagine how much I love this song. Um, it's really different for me. It's a really different song. You know, the first half or so is this strange blues, I, I'd say. Um, let's check it out. You can't really hear it uh, just because I'm putting my microphone to my crappy laptop speaker. <laughs> Jordan, I wonder why they can't hear it. Um, but th the vocals there, Vivi arranged a friend of hers in Spain, and he's saying, he's saying this. Oh, he's saying like seven layers of it. It's unbelievable. The dude has such a crazy range. He's and all the way to this, whoo, it's really nice. Um, I never met him. I don't know his name. I think he's, I know he's, I don't think he is. I know he's credited on the album, but I can't remember right now what his name is. Uh, a friend of Vivi's, just a talented guy. She arranged it. She had the idea. That's totally her baby right there. We would not have had those vocals on that track without Vivi's um, saying, I have an idea. I think I have an idea. And then she sent it to me and I, I just loved it. It was so special. It added something so special, I think. Uh, just turning on the song and this, that's this um, um, nature. It's like, I don't know. It feels like nature outside this like authenticity to it. This like wood grain to it, if you can say that. And yeah, I wrote this song. I remember finished writing it at Ify's parents' house uh, before they moved. And I had this riff. I don't know why it came to me. It was really fun to play. I think I should really relearn it again and figure out how I... There's some funky tuning I played with it, but I... Um, it's really fun to play like for, for your hand. It's very fun to play. It's a lot of movement. It's like a lot of hammer-ons and you're sliding and bending things. So it's really a lot of action without being too, without needing too much focus. It's something you can kind of get lost in the machinery of. And then the problem with something that's a little more complicated to play like this guitar part is it's very hard for me to think of a way of singing a melody on top of it. Um, I sometimes think about the Tom York method. It tends to be that there's like a complicated uh, progression, uh, a complicated time signature or the way that the guitar is moving or something. And what he'll do is, you know, of course it's Tom York. He holds these long notes. Like, I don't know. I'm not going to do a Tom York impression, but you have these like crazy signatures or crazy guitar, something busy, very technical, which is their juice, which is their bread and butter. And then he holds these... Uh, the long, 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 long notes. You can do that. And that's their thing. You know, it's like, that's not like, a, I don't know. I, can you even say that's like his technique? It's just how they sound. Um, but I don't have the voice for that. I've tried that in different songs. I don't really quite have the strength or the control. Maybe now more than I did years ago, but it's just not really my style. And the other option I could think of was um, what I call just follow along. So if the guitar is going, then I would sing along like, my brother, and the guitar, vocal, my brother, guitar, so they just kind of danced together. I just made it like a call and response where the voice is following along at the beginning and then the guitar bounces back to the one and they connect again. And um, it's so bluesy and so countryish. I thought, well, you know, James Kelly is this beautiful soul, uh, and he's just a good Southern boy who ended up working for fucking NASA. I mean, who would have thought this guy's so smart? <laughs> he's so smart. It's crazy. I mean, he never played dumb. He was never, uh, I don't mean it like that, but like, who would have thought? Like, I would know some guy who was like, oh, I'm working on rockets for NASA. Um, but he, he's such a humbling, sweet, funny country boy with a big family 
and a beautiful warm home and country, country parents, which I love. And they were always so welcoming and so kind to me. And James is just a good guy. So I thought, well, you know, he's a Southern boy. And I, I feel sort of connected to Mississippi roots when I think about him. Like if I think about Todd or Cody, I tend to think more about Memphis. I tend to think more about concerts we had or like the record store or like, you know, the movies and stuff that like brought us to a different place. And with James, that was like the joy that I could feel uh, being very grounded in, in Mississippi at the time. That's where I felt like, well, if I'm going to be here, like at least this guy is a very good representation of what a, a person from here can be like. Um, not all Southern speaking people are, you know, whatever, redneck, right wing, you know, racists or whatever. Like there's people like James who are, you know, NASA engineers, but they sound like this right here, you know? So the song had this natural sort of country blues rhythm. And so with it came these, the, the lyrics, which we can take a little uh, gander at here. Hold your horses. So uh, the lyrics go, my brother, you can stay anytime you like. My brother, take your time. Ain't no rush in this life. My brother, you can come as your truck passes by. Put some food on your plate. You can sleep here tonight. La, 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 la. Um, so really straightforward. It's just, a, it's just a fictional story about, you know, a Southern guy uh, opening up his home to um, a good friend of his. It's really, it's just that. It's very much... I imagined myself in sort of like a wood cabin situation, maybe back in like the early 1900s or something. And you just got a buddy that you're like pen pals with. Maybe he's like coming home from the war, working in the fields to get through the next season until they call him back out. Um, which, I mean, this is just my own backstory. I didn't put anything that deep or, or, or you know, exact into the text, but that was the picture I had when I did it. Um, and, all and again, all of this coming from like how how am I gonna make it where I can't say James? <laughs> it started with like well, I can call him Jimmy, but like how can I get in like damn brother Jim brother Jimmy, and that all came from there. And it's like okay, my brother brother Jimmy, and like my brother, you can say. Um, people do get this confused thinking sometimes that it is about my actual brother, who honestly I could write novels about. He's my hero, but um, no. Uh, it just became, it just, it's just my brother. Cause it's like a, a, a country term of endearment. Like, man, my brother, man, come on here, brother. You know, what's up brother? Um, it just, it's just something that you say and it just feels, feels right. Um, so yeah, you can stay anytime you like, take your time. No, and it's also like a, a symbol of Southern hospitality. His family was so hospitable to me and, um, I love spending time with James. He was a really honest, good person. Um, so this is all just, you know, I, I, I wonder if something like this would have been better having like a story from him or something really personal to him. But for me, the song, the music of this was so important and the lyrics came as sort of like a sprinkling on top of like, let's, let's have this good Southern hosp hospitality song of like love and warmth and good food and like trucks and like passing by and whatever, just like, let's do it. And then the chorus comes, um, and that's where you get something a little, like, kind of easy to sing, but it also talks about, um, for me, I'm referencing him working on rockets. You just don't, it's just not in there, but it's like, where do you ride tonight? Like, brother Jimmy, where do you ride tonight? Brother Jimmy, far and out of sight. So it's an easy rhyme, tonight and out of sight, you know. That's just like the basics, and it it's uh, says says brother Jimmy twice, also a little repetition, a little easy to get in your head, and it it's just like where are you going tonight? Like the assumption being like, are, are we gonna get in your car somewhere? Are we gonna get in your truck? But he's far and out of sight. He's he's out there. I think last time I heard he was in California working on rockets. So you know, much further out there than um, than anyone could have even guessed. And the next line is, it's really meta. It's like, never called you Jimmy, 
but I guess I can now. <laughs> Travel onward, my friend. I think you know the way out. And I, I like that lyric. Um, it starts off a little funny. Never called you Jimmy, but I guess I can now. Like, why not? We don't live anywhere near each other, and I'm writing a song. Uh, I can choose what I want to say. And then travel onward, my friend. I think you know the way out, which is, you know, just a, uh, sort of a wink at him of like, you know, the way out uh, first off, like out of the a- atmosphere, <laughs> but also, you know, the way out of the small town because you went off and did these great things. Uh, brother, wish you the best on the things that you do. I often I think often of the simple pleasures we knew. So also just a nice, simple rhyme, all kind of stemming. You know, the roots are all growing back into themselves of like, this is the South and like, I wish you the best. I hope everything's good for you. I I wish you love and peace and happiness. And then whenever I think of us, I think of like the simple pleasures, like just us at your house, you know, driving in your car, listening to, you know, I think I I got him into like Sufjan Stevens or vice versa. No, well, I know Todd got me into Sufjan Stevens. So I must have shown James. Uh, I was like, he couldn't have shown me Sufjan. He did show me a lot of nice, like, southern rock that uh, for, for in, in the moment I can't think of, but he did, um, his taste did vary and spread a- after we got into this band together. James Kelly was my drummer in uh, a band I had probably for about a year uh, in my hometown called The Engineers, which, get this, get this cool... <laughs> This cool little factoid, we were called the engineers because James Kelly was um, a, what's a, what's a, an aerospace engineer. And uh, <laughs> our um, lead guitar player, which was his cousin, who was also named James, uh, was a chemical engineer. And then we had a keyboard player who I forgot what did the keyboard but he was also some kind of engineer um he was going to be like a let's just say like a civil engineer and then I had a, a you know for a short time I had a, a dream as a teenager of being a, a sound engineer you know either running my own studio or you know working sound for film or something I was like oh I'm a sound engineer and then our bass player was the sex engineer. Uh, I'm just waiting for the applause to end on that one. Ladies, please, I'll get you the name and the number after the show. It'll be in the show notes. Just please stop screaming. I know, I know. It's very cool. It's very cool. Hold on. Let me get my glasses back on. Hold on. Hold your horses. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, so that band didn't uh, really didn't really go places. Um, we had some fun songs, though. I, I wrote some, like, poppy little indie songs back in the day. I remember I had one called I Can't Do a Cartwheel. Uh, and there was one, I think, something like From the, not From the Lake. That's a new one. But I had one that was like, oh, man, Cody Cody or Todd's going to have to remind me of this. I had one song. Oh, man, I can't believe I forgot the name. And I, if you can really say this, and I, I don't say this with any specific level of seriousness in my voice, but there was like a song that was kind of like my really heavy quotation marks here kind of my hit of that era. Um, I think it was something about like a girl at, at a lake or something. I cannot remember. I just remember like, I remember I remember that the chords were really simple and it was a kind of a slower song. Ah, man, that's going to kill me. That's going to kill me. Anyway, we're not talking about some mystery song from when I was 17. We're talking about My Brother Sunset. So, right. uh, Southern Hospitality, um, Aerospace Engineer, you know. Um, And then, yeah, 
often think of the simple pleasures we knew. Then it goes into the last, like this pre-chorus, this la, 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 la. And then the last chorus, Brother Jimmy, where do you ride tonight? Brother Jimmy, far and out of sight. And then this change comes, and there's something to me so... Oh man, I, I you know I have gone back to this album so many times over the past four years and just played the part where this song transitions into that ending. Let's find it. Just the the crispiest acoustic recording. Shout out to Tim Hacking. The way he, the way he recorded and mixed that acoustic. It's so crisp. It feels like you could just reach out and grab it. And you've got this like calm, sandy shaker going into this. And uh, Nick is pop. You know, hitting the the kick drum on the two and the four, which is really cool because later when the snare comes in, you've got this nice four on the floor beat. This it sounds great um and then i'm very proud of the vocal melody that i came up with here i I, funny i wonder if you'll recognize what very popular i'm quite sure it's domain free at this point what popular song i i didn't steal the melody from it but you know how like music is sort of just like taking parts of different ideas and putting them together in new ways and there is a song that uh, this melody is heavily inspired from let's see if you can guess it Oh man, I was already like dancing my my moving my shoulders like doom da doom. Okay, so the melody is dun I screwed it up, but it actually gets a lot of inspiration from Auld Lang Syne. There's so many little things in this song. There's so much magic happening here. Like producing this track was one of my favorite things to do. Um, like in terms of working on the whole record, there's um, first off, there's this piano dancing that uh, at the peak of this groove uh, goes up an octave and then you're really flying. Um, so Vivi is going, but down, down, but down, down, but down, down, but down, down. And then later goes up an octave and it's really cool and simple, like simple notes, but has this. It just adds this like it adds a lot of rhythm, which is amazing. You've got Nick in the back. Very simple four in the floor with the shaker going very smooth, very easy, very crispy. <laughs> I love that word crispy. The acoustic is staying consistent all the way through. Uh, I doubled my vocals here. I added my own harmony. Vivi added her. She sang and doubled her voice on there. I think it's just us two layered a few times. Very soft, very distant, a lot of reverb. Um, then you got Avi. Uh, well, you got you got Jake on bass, um, like landing down on the kick drum on the two and the four with Nick, which adds a lot of weight to this. <clears throat> Boom, boom. See if I can hear his bass here. Now you can't really hear the bass on this uh, shitty laptop speaker, Jordan. Uh, uh, get a better production. And uh, so Jake did a great job. And then, um, last but not least, of course, you've got Avi's little guitar dancing in there. Let me see if I can. 
It's so cool what he's doing. This, and then we hum a bit. That's so pretty what he does. Uh, you, uh, you'll hear it as soon as you can hear it on a better speaker. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. He he just adds this little harmony, a tiny little lick to one part and a tiny little harmony lick to another little note. And it just adds the perfect amount. It's really crazy. Um, yeah, so this goes on almost two minutes here. Um, but it does have a slow ending. So it's probably not two minutes of this. It's probably about a minute and 20 or 30 we have the so about four minutes and 17 seconds or so is when I start easing in um, this uh, ocean waves sound I really wanted for this song I wanted things to fade out I wanted um, I wanted to fade out organically so you know actually being able to play it live this way where you know, the piano stops and then, you know, the drums stop or the bass stops and then everything kind of strips down to the, just the vocals at the end doing the dun 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 and um, dun 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 dun. Um, and as it's fading, as it's going down and as the, as this whole record, this journey of like being introduced to all these people and being a part of their lives and like stepping into these different like imagine you're like in this long hallway, this twelve, this this hallway of of twelve large framed paintings, and you've just spent uh, the better part of an hour sticking your head into these oil paintings, looking into this new world, and hearing and smelling and feeling different things each time. And getting to feel each time that you've made memories with these people and you've made experiences with these people that you didn't have before and you felt love and you felt sadness and you felt lost and you felt longing and you felt uh, like existentialism and you felt like attached to, to, to like the great question of why are we here in a way. Because that is often the the magic of what New Orleans is, is like touching base with the great question in a way of like there's so many magic moments you have with good people at the right time at the right place and and that's kind of the memory I have with all of these people even in my hometown just this perfect sort of magic feeling of like what are we who are we what are we doing here um and like this feeling of possibility and beauty and youth and it's so like I could cry it's like so special to me and I know exactly the feeling I'm, I'm talking about. I wish I could describe it by just making you feel it. But I tried to do that with these songs. I think the ending of this song, the last two minutes or so, this groove, is the closest that I can kind of give you to this like joy of knowing these people and the joy of like, of, of the joy that, the, the the experiences with them brought me um and there's different parts of other different songs that also bring certain special things but that's the goal right so like imagine you're in the hallway and you've dipped your head into all these photos and like by the time you get to the last one you you're so wound up and and you, you you've got so much to say still but you know that you just have to say goodbye and this is like the last thing that you're hearing as you're slowly stepping out of the last painting. And things are just slowly fading away. The people's faces are getting a little blurry. So the reason that I put the ocean sound in there is it's it was a, a, to symbolize that now I had left the shores of the country in which I had all of these relationships. 
and was now on a different shore in a new world with different people. So literally like being moved to a different, um, yeah, it was sort of meant to sound like, like the, this song is playing me off as my boat leaves America and slowly arrives upon the shores you know, of Normandy, no, <laughs> but slowly arrives upon, you know, the shores of like this other world. And it's like me saying bye physically is the best way that I can in the song. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, for me, this, this just about wraps it up for this record. Um, you know, it was very hard to to put them in a certain order because I didn't want to make it seem that any song in any certain order is any more important than the other. But it was trying to find the best flow. And I think in the end, I actually, I've said this before, but I think if I could reorder the album, I think I would again. I would move a couple of things around, not too much, but I would move a couple of things around to make it flow a little bit better in the first half. I feel like the first half sometimes feels a little slow, um, but I don't want to say where, cause if you don't feel that way, then you don't feel that way. And I don't want to put it in your head. Um, but yeah, you know, this, this ending for me, it's just, I love the ending of this song and the ending of this album. And it, sometimes I play it super loud in my car and I, I'm dancing along with it and I feel so connected to it. And it's like, I made it for me <laughs> and like, I love listening to it for me because it's like, it's the song I wanted to listen to. And somehow I got these people together and I made it and pulled it off. And now I can listen to it whenever I want. And that's so beautiful. And it, and, and it strikes so many different chords in me emotionally thinking about all these people all the time, whenever I listen to this. And it even, you know, inspired going to New Orleans the following year or later in that same year and getting my first and my only so far tattoo, which is, the handshake symbol at the top of the album. It's um, if you guys have the CD or you have the album, but you haven't seen the tattoo, it's basically the two arms and the hands shaking, but um, without the words um, in inside the arms, just the, just the hands shaking and the little like, ah, the little five dashes on top of like magic. And uh, yeah, that's all from Guy Atage and that's from his artwork. And, and the cover of the album, you know, maybe it's, I I love it because I, I can see the faces of the people very, um, I can see their faces very easily because I think that he did a great job of capturing their face shape and their hair shape. But also maybe it's too playful for what the album sound was in the end. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I have the tiniest little doubts about that album cover and the artwork with it. But then sometimes I think it's the coolest thing I ever did. Um, I guess that's that's the fun part about creating things, right? Is you're always going to go back and forth uh, doubting yourself and then loving it. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, yeah, I was so happy to do this. 2018, 54 minutes and 43 seconds, almost a full hour Stars, My Little Bear, James, Tame Impala Nights, High School, Most Famous Surprise, Count On Me, Where Will We Go From Here, Great Big Light, Eye to Eye, Far Too Thin, and My Brother, Sunset. Um, now, I know that we just got through seven weeks of this, and I have spent enough time talking about my own songs, but if anybody who listens to this uh, podcast would like me to do something like this with any other of my previous recordings that can be, I mean, I, I know that I don't have millions of people listening, but if that might be Simple Swimmer or if that might be the Parade EP or the Deer Jump or any of the singles or Jordan Prince Band, um, just let me know. Uh, I'm very happy to... Uh, talk about this stuff, obviously. <laughs> um, and I would be excited to do it again. Maybe not immediately after this series is finished, but we could say, you know, after the new year, we set up a, another time to do it again. And maybe we can even do it with Mo because Mo asks really good questions and it could be a lot of fun. 
Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to end this one here. Oh, we did get to an hour. I didn't expect us to get to an hour with this one, but I'm a talker. Um, so guys, um, thanks for being a part of the series. Thank you for listening. Thanks for being engaged. I hope that the listeners I found doing this series stick with us moving forward because I try to bring you something really great every week. And probably starting from next week again, I'm going to be um, filming the episodes live on TikTok, uh, taking questions from people watching and then releasing clips of those videos on our social media channels so you can feel a part of the episode even more than you did during this series. Um, but I do want to thank you and I hope you had fun. And honestly, if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy listening to me or if you enjoyed like some of the older episodes with Mo and with our guests and you want to see things change or you want to bring things back or you just want to keep powering through and be a big helper and a supporter of the Artsy Fartsy family, please help us spread this show. If that means going to Apple Podcast or to Spotify or to, um, you know, Deezer or Android or wherever you listen to your podcasts, whatever platform or distributor, you know, adding a rating or a comment or a review uh, or sharing it to a social media platform or even just telling a friend word of mouth, just whispering in your ear, do you want to be an artsy fartsy family member? Uh, anything like that. It Honestly, it really helps us a lot. It really helps um, spreading the word around a little bit, letting people know that there's this podcast here with personal stories, good intentions, and like hopefully you find things a little funny, a little entertaining. And um, like I said, we will be bringing Mo back in. We will start having guests again. This was just a series I felt is best to finish alone because I started alone and uh, I think it makes the most sense. But um, thank you as always for listening. You guys mean so much to me. And I hope you enjoyed it. In the show notes, we have links to all of our social media if you want to follow and see what we're going to be up to coming up soon. Otherwise, guys, I hope you have a wonderful week. I love you so much. Thanks for listening and bye-bye. Look out, baby. The saints are coming through. And it's all over now. Artsy Farsi Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider, produziert für M94.5.